0: You're listening to a podcast from gravitychurch.com, Lodi, California. We started talking about perspective. We looked up on the stage, and we saw that word up there, perspective. And we, we thought about all the different things in our life that our perspectives are built from and, and the basis points for those perspectives and the different things that you and I have that cause us to feel the things that we feel and cause us to think, see the things that we see when we work look around the world. And we started talking about the world as we see it. We started talking about some of the chaos that we see. We started talking about some of the problems that we witness. Some of the things that we see that we know are not as they should be. And we started talking about even in that, Jesus is in, the minute, is in the midst of those things and Jesus is right there in the middle of all those chaos things and all the things that sometimes we question. And tonight we're going to take it even a step further. And so tonight I need for everybody to get your minds ready to learn because tonight we're going to talk for just a couple minutes about some things that I hope will give you some tools in your life to be able to have a different perspective when you see the world at large around at, at, at the world around you at large. And we're gonna to pray tonight. But before we do that, I wanna say thank you to my brothers from Unity Project for propping me up with a nice hat tonight to wear. Caesar, Dave, thank you very much. Let's pray. God, tonight we open our hearts to you, we open our minds to you, we open up to your word and ask that you would teach us, speak to us, let us understand who you are in a deeper way. God, we wanna connect with you and we wanna have a relationship with you that is always growing and is always developing. And we pray this because of Jesus, amen. Everything in our life, everything in this world has consequences when we make choices. Every decision that you and I make will lead to something else. Every choice will either bring about a good consequence or a bad consequence, everything. Doesn't matter how insignificant, it can be the food that you eat will lead to a healthy body or it will lead to an unhealthy body. The sleeping patterns that you keep will lead to a healthy body or an unhealthy body. The job that you find yourself in, I know in an economy like this, you take what you can get, but in better days, sometimes you could pick and choose a little bit, but the stress affiliated with your job sometimes could cause the quality of life to go down. The relationships that you keep in your life, every single thing in your life has consequences. And it's no different when we understand our relationship with God and when we look around our world around us. Everybody knows from high school, when you went to school, in physics or in any of the other classes, there's a cause and there's an effect. Everything that happens causes a chain reaction of some degree in our lives. Would you guys all agree with that? That you've seen your life and the choices that you've made ripple, right? like taking a rock and throwing it in a pond. You see the ripple effects of your choices and the decisions that you make. We all understand this. In Psalms chapter 34, I want to read you a scripture from my favorite author in the Bible, King David. He writes, I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are discouraged take heart. Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. I prayed to the Lord, and he answered me, freeing me from all my fears. And those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. When I cried out to the Lord in my suffering, he heard me. He set me free from all my fears. For the angel of the Lord guards all those who fear him, and he rescues them. Look at verse 8. It says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who trust in him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. God is good. The Bible tells us over and over with story after story of the goodness of God. There is example after example of, of places that we see real life interactions where people are going through real life struggles and difficulties, and we see God's goodness time after time after time show us that He cares and that He wants to be in the middle of our situations. God is good, but this world sucks. Can I get an amen? I don't know how else to say it, you know, a little gingerly. Let me tell you about my week. I've had a little bit of an emotional week. Now, I don't know how you can pack all the stuff that's happened in my week, but um, I had a friend pass away this week. I had another friend go to jail this week. I was faced with some severe financial hardships this week. And on three separate occasions from three different people that I love very much, I got lied to this week. Sometimes you and I go through hard things in this world. You know that? And sometimes the situations that we face, sometimes the situations that we look at, we question whether or not God is good. Our perspective sometimes gets so wrapped up in the middle of the moment and the the situation that we're looking at that sometimes we even say, God, are you really good? Because if you're really good, why is this Going down in my life like this. I hope that by the time we get done tonight, you and I will be able to have some clarity about those moments that we all have, every single one of us. I'm gonna give everybody in this room some homework to do this week, and it's gonna help you to answer this question. Are you ready for this? I know that you guys are like, dude, this is church. You're supposed to do all the work. Well, it don't work that way here. Everybody here has homework this week. The homework is you need to read in the Bible Genesis chapters one, two, and three. Write it down, put it on your iPhone, write it on your hand, tell your wife, whatever it is that you gotta do to remember, whatever your system is, but sometime during the course this next week you need to read Genesis one, two, and three because we're gonna talk about it over the course of the next several weeks. And what we are going to learn is going to blow your mind. When you read it, you know what you're going to find right out of the gate? You're going to find that there's a chronological order right in the beginning where God started creating everything that you and I see. It says in the book of Genesis is on the first day, God created light and darkness. God's the one that came up with that. On the second day, it says that God created the waters that we see and the dry land. God did that. The third day, it says that God created all the plants and the trees. On the fourth day, it says that God created the sun, the moon, and the stars. He did all of this. On the fifth day, it says he put the fish in the water, and he created the birds of the air. And on the sixth day, it says God created all of the animals that we see, and he created man. And on the seventh day, God chilled. He took a day off. When you see this, when you read this, you're going to find out that as God is going through this creation sequence, at the end of every day, He says something. You know what He says? He says, It's good. He creates the day and the night, and then He says, It's good. He creates the water and the land, and He says, It's good. God creates everything, and then He says, It's good. Now, I want you to think about that for a second. Because when God said it was good, what he really meant was it was perfect. Catch that. When God created it, he said it's good, it's perfect. It's perfect. What that means is that it, it doesn't have any problems. It doesn't have any things that go haywire or things that just happen. It's perfect. In Isaiah 64, 6, it says this. It says, we, meaning people, meaning you and me, we are all infected and impure with sin. Like autumn leaves, we just wither and fall. And our sins, just like the wind, they sweep us away. They sweep us away. God created everything and he says it's perfect. And then we read in Isaiah Isaiah, that you and I are infected with this sin and it causes all of these problems in our life. Wouldn't you agree that something doesn't add up with these two things? If God created everything and he says it's perfect and you and I look around our life and we see the chaos all around us and we know it's anything but perfect, How are we to reconcile that? How are we to make sense of that? We have a problem, but God has a plan. Ephesians chapter 1, I want to tell you about this. Ephesians chapter 1 says something very, very interesting that we're going to discover over the course of the next several weeks together, the depth and the magnitude of what this says, But I'll give you a teaser. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 9, it says, God's secret plan has now been revealed to us. It is a plan that is centered on Christ. It was designed long ago according to his good pleasure. And this is his plan. This is God's secret plan. That at the right time, he would bring everything together under the authority of Christ. Everything in heaven And on earth, everything revolves around Christ. Put up the slide that that we have right here. You see this right here, it says God's creation. Everything was perfect. Everything was as it should be. It was all good. There was no sickness, there was no death, there was no war. There was none of those things that that you and I look around the world that we see right now. You and I see war. We see the effects of a lack of peace. You and I see sickness. You and I see, I had a friend just died this week of cancer. You and I know that 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 is not, that's not where we live today, right? It's not perfect. Keep on going. Something happened that messed everything up. When you go home and you do your homework this week, you're gonna read about a story that we're gonna talk about next week of a family, a family that made a very tragic mistake, Adam and Eve. They made a choice to listen to temptation in their life. They made a choice to listen to a lie. And as a result of listening to that lie, there was a curse of sin that was brought in to God's perfection. And that curse started a chain reaction that brought death, it brought sickness, it brought hatred in our hearts, it brought all of the wars that you and I see all over the face of the earth. That choice, that sickness, that sin entered into the perfection that God created. And it messed it up. You see in Ephesians right here, It says that God has a plan and the plan that God has does not keep us being left right there under the effects of that curse. Keep on going. You see, we're gonna read and we're gonna learn together about the depth of the plan that God had for us and how when Jesus came for us as a result of his coming and his living and his dying and his rising from the dead, He came for us and he restored our hope so that we could know God. He restored the fact that we could have a relationship with him. He brought forgiveness for our sins. He brought salvation. He is the one that came and said, I will make things new again. You and I get stuck in the fact that when we look all around us at the world, we want to know why. We want to know why. I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with people where they've said, if God is a loving God, why? Why? Well, if you and I look at things around us and all we look at is the effect, remember, every choice causes an effect. Every choice has a consequence. There is a chain reaction that was started in the beginning of creation, and that chain reaction has been duplicating itself over and over again. It's been passed down from father to son, from mother to daughter. It's been going on from generation to generation. The effects, the consequences of that one choice, of that curse of sin entering into God's perfection, Change the entire landscape where you and I live today. We've got to deal with sickness. We've got to deal with bodies that break down. We've got to deal with depression. We've got to deal with anger. We've got to deal with the, the things that, that we don't know what to deal with in our heart. And some of the stuff inside of us, we didn't even ask for. It was given to us by our parents, who was given to them by their parents, who was given to them by their parents. And we've got this long line of questions. And at the, at the end of all of them is God... Why? Why? There is no more beautiful thing that I can think of than when I looked at my children when they were so small and they were so little and they used to play and they would find themselves getting into situations that they were frustrated and they were unsure how to handle and unsure how to to solve the problems that, that they were finding themselves in. There was nothing more beautiful than for me as a father to reach down into this situation for my small children when they were small and to be able to bring my perspective into their little world and say, I see something you don't see. Let me help you. I'll fix it for you. You see, that's what God offers to us tonight. He offers us his perspective. See, God saw the beginning. We learned last week that he was there. God already sees the very end. He already knows everything from beginning to end. And he has the perspective of the father looking down at the little children who found themselves in a mess. And he says, I can help you. Let me show you what I see. Let me give you my perspective. And some of us would kill for that right now. Some of us would die for that. Some of us would do anything we could to just get something other than the stress that we live in and the questions that we live under and the fears that overtake us every day. And I'm here to tell you, I'm here to tell you that God offers it to you freely. He doesn't make you work for it, He doesn't make you earn it. He doesn't make you get yourself prepared for it. He doesn't make you clean yourself up and prove to him that you're serious. He doesn't have any prerequisites. He doesn't have anything. All he asks is one thing, that you open your heart and you admit your need for him. You say, God, I can't do it without you. But sadly, I know so many people who will go to their dying day never humbling themselves and saying, God, I can't do it without you. They would much rather try it again and again and again because I got it this time. I'll just get it. I just got to tweak it a little bit, and then I'll get it figured out. I just got to get the job, and then it'll be okay. I got to straighten things out with my wife, and then everything will be better. If my kid would just straighten up, everything would be fine. If I just had a little more money in the bank, I'm telling you, things would be fine. And we go around this circle all the while. God is above, looking down, saying, I see what you're doing, would you just reach out to me and admit you need me? He's so kind to us. He's so gracious to us. He's so understanding of us. He created us. He knows how we work. He knows how our crazy minds think. And they are crazy, aren't they? He knows. We don't have to fake it. We don't have to be somebody that we're not. He says, come to me as you are and I will show you my love. I will pour out my mercy. I will give you forgiveness. I will make you a part of the family of God. That's what he offers. I have a question for you tonight and it may be a little blunt. Maybe a little to the point, but those of you that have been here a while, you know that's kind of the way we do it here. Are you blaming God for something? Is there something in your heart? Is there something in your life tonight that you're blaming God for? You look at the chaos, you look at the world, you look at the circumstances that you live in and you go, God, why? And you blame God It's not that he's not big enough. He can take it. Trust me, he can take anything we dish out. It's not that he can't handle our anger and our frustration. It's just your blame is misguided. Blaming God is not going to give you what you really are longing for. Blaming God is not going to give you what you need inside of your heart because what you need inside of your heart is that perspective change for your father. Are you blaming God tonight for something in your life? I know there's some hard stories. If I went across this room right now and I said, tell me, tell me what your life story consisted of, we would all be in tears, seriously, because the tragedy that is represented in this room is huge. The loss that we collectively have felt as a group is, is huge. We, we, we have a lot of reasons to blame God for stuff, but he's not the one that did it. God did not do it. Your blame is misguided. He came with a plan of redemption for you and me. That though we rejected him, and though we made a choice that rebelled against his perfection, he said, I will fix it anyway. He didn't do like you and I would do. He didn't say, oh, you want to have that? (sighs) Fine. Have your own little way. God said, I know more than you know, and I will fix it anyway, in spite of you. And he sent Jesus, and Jesus came for us, and Jesus walked with us, and Jesus talked with us, and Jesus breathed the air that we breathe, and he hugged us, and he cried with us, and he loved us, and he said, I am here for one reason only. I am here to show you what your Father in Heaven really is like. He came to show us what our Father was like. And he says, and I'm going back, And I'm going to make a way for you to come to. And he did everything that he said he was going to do. Tonight, we're going to pray. And then we're going to take communion together. Maybe sing a song. But tonight, we're going to pray because I believe that there's some people in this room who have never opened up your heart to God in a way that said, God, I'm tired of living my way. I am ready to give my life to you. I am ready to ask you for help and to humble myself and to accept what you did for me. And it's not a formula and it's not an application like a job application. It's simple. It is a coming to the place where you deny yourself and you open your heart and say, God, I want you. And you can have it right here, right now in this place. Would you all bow your head We're gonna pray together. If there's anybody here tonight that is in that place where you want to know Jesus as your savior and you wanna open your heart up to him and you have never done that before, what I want you to do is I just want you to look up at me. Just look at me if that's you. Anybody else, you just look at me tonight. Let me see your eyes. Yeah. Who else? I'm gonna pray with you guys. Would you all say these words with me? Would you say, Jesus, I open my heart to you. I wanna know you. Forgive me for my sin. Forgive me for my sin. I don't wanna live for me anymore. I want to know you. Come into my life. Let me experience your grace. Let me know you as, your, as my Savior. Now let me pray for you. Jesus, I pray for this group of people right now. I pray, God, that the words that we've said would be more than just mere words out of our mind's eye, but, God, that they would be depth, deep words from the deep places of our heart. And God, that you would come now and you would honor these words and you would begin to pour into the lives of these people who are opening up to you. Let salvation visit this place tonight. Let it come in Jesus' name. You've been listening to GravityChurch.com.